To rouse the boy, his grandfather said one word. Son? The boy flashed his now heavy lids open to the hazy silhouette stepping away from his door. He rose from his bed knowing his grandfather would not darken the doorframe with a second invitation. Dawn was hours away. A nauseating miasma of coffee, corned beef hash, and cooking grease saturated the house. The night before, layers of cedar-scented attire, retrieved from the recesses of the hall closet, were folded by his bedside. The boy dressed as rehearsed. The long john thermal underwear he slept in was now a second skin that made the denim jeans, which usually fit perfectly, uncomfortably snug. The soft red and black wool flannel hugged his shoulders too tightly. The boy slipped thick gray woolen socks over his feet. The socks were new for his trip into the woods. These socks were chose off the Kmart rack for the broad red bands around the ankles. Unlike the thin yellow stripes on his white gym socks, he thought the red bands were proper for the occasion, almost formal. The socks not only felt good on his feet, they also made him feel warm inside. They were hunter socks, socks for men. After dressing, the boy sat with his hands pressed flat beside him on the bed. He had rushed up, and now a wave of grogginess disoriented him. The warm spot where he had been sleeping moments before drew him back. Afraid that sleep would grab him once his head hit the soft pillow, the boy resisted. Clasping his fingers outward, he stretched his arms high above his head. A yawn began to overtake him. To combat the drowsiness, he forced the yawn to a sigh. The result? A heavy shudder. He shook his head loosely and rapidly shuddered his eyes a few times to be certain he had chased away the temptation of sleep. From the nightstand, the boy took the swathe of the case mother had made him and removed the folded buck knife. Thumb pressed on the locking mechanism, he unfolded and then inspected the blade for possibly the hundredth time since grandfather had given the knife the day before. Last night, the boy had sharpened the blade three different times against the small companion bench stone, each time testing the fine metal edge on strips of newspaper. The final time, he attempted to split a strand of his hair, though there had not been enough light to prove or disprove success. Now, satisfied that the knife was ready, he carefully returned the blade to the folded position. The buck knife locked with a click. The boy tested the security of the lock with his fingertips, marveling how tight the thin blade seated in the handle. Carefully slipped the soft case around his treasure and then forced the small bundle into his tight front pocket. The boy joined the other hunters gathered in the living room. The wretch of the coffee was not bothering him as much. New odors permeated this area of the house. Gun oil, leather, and wafts of smoke from the crackling pine. The doors of the tall glass gun cabinet were unlocked. Splayed open gun cases, each displaying a polished rifle, surrounded the cabinet, one in front of the other. Grandfather and the great-uncles said nothing to each other. They went about their actions routinely, knowing what preparations were needed from year after year of the early morning ritual.
They wore variations of thick red wool pants with four-finger-wide suspenders strung over their long John Thermals, and even though they were still indoors, heavy-lined hunting caps. Stacked in sealed packets on the table were the blaze orange nylon vests the older men were to slip over their red wool coats. A new law required that the color saffron cover a percentage of the hunter's body during deer season for high visibility in the thicket. In a culture-lacking robe monks, the color marketed as safety orange and blaze orange distinguished a hunter from all others. A man's uniform. The boy's new quilted hunting suit and cap were from a Kmart rack of blaze orange. The puffy pants and jacket were sized for a small man 